0: Welcome to Cinebabel episode 35. I am your host, Ken, and as always, uh, my co-host, Clint Jones. Clint Jones, tell the world hello. Hi, world. Hi, Ken. I'm here. The world is listening, Clint. I hope not all of it. Well, not the entire one, but uh, we have somehow uh, landed into the search string in Instagram, mm. and we just have a bunch of people that that just keep following us. The last couple of days, we've added 500 um, I think you're is, just really good at weird.
1: Instagramming. I don't think we're good at podcasting, but you're really good at Instagramming. <laughs> I am good
0: at I think Instagramming for for movies, but not that good. Mm. I think I think I have just accidentally stumbled into whatever Instagram's algorithm is, and it it likes what I'm putting on there.
1: I think you're becoming an influencer. Am I? Yeah. Is that how that yeah. works? I'm gonna I make believe...
0: I'm gonna make six six figures. Mm-hmm. Cinnabell six figures. You're
1: gonna be wearing like the hottest trends. Yeah and... I am.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna do that. Um, uh nope. I don't even know what that thing is. It's this is weird little song the, that that all the kids Ken are dancing is to. It's like
1: like motioning running in place. I don't know. No, is that, that thing where they they hit their fists hmm. and they answer
0: questions and point at words on the screen that pop up way too fast for you to read? Karaoke? No.
1: You've not <laughs> we seen us. Completely out of touch. <laughs>
0: We are out of touch, but on on the little Instagram feeds and TikTok and all that. Oh, I don't have Instagram I, or anything. I, I don't tick the talk, but those TikToks <laughs> are on TikTok-er. Instagram as well. Yeah. And there's this one where where the kids hit their fists over mm-hmm. top of each other while this song plays, and it, it always comes up and it's like, uh, I'm a dentist, questions that people ask me. And then it it pops up and it says the question, and then it pops up and says the answer, Yeah. which some people figure out that this is a quick song so let's put up a few words and a yes or no answer mm-hmm. other people put up these detailed answers and i don't want to know about their life I, I don't care but for some reason when i see something flash that quick and i didn't get to read it i rewatch it because you can't rewind it so i just sit there and and, and like in word by word piece together mm-hmm. what the answer is it's never interesting it's not the question i would ask it's like all right whatever
1: as Ken descends into madness <laughs> <laughs> I did. One day. spending hours trying to Seriously. decipher these videos. Seriously.
0: One day I just clicked on the little magnifying glass. I'm like, oh, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And just descended Two into days this later. black hole of catchy songs in 10-second in increments mm-hmm. and uh, everybody just liberally stealing from each other. Yeah, it's Instagram is just plagiarism. That's all it is. Oh, TikTok yeah. well plagiarism. it becomes trends. So. Well, they call it trends, but we used to call that plagiarism. It's when you couldn't come up with your own content, so you stole somebody else's content. Hmm. It just—I don't know. I don't understand it. This is my old man hill. Yet another old man hill that I'm going to die on. Okay, that's fine. The the kids get it, so whatever.
1: Have fun. I, whatever. Clint, what you've been watching about this week? When you, when you. Um Ken, I've been watching some stuff on on the TV, the television. Thrilling. Yes.
0: Tell me more about
1: <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, you know stuff. <laughs> um I recently I checked out a new series by uh, Taika Taikawatiti and Sterling Sterling Hajo. Harjo. Um, it's a series called uh, Reservation Dogs. It's on I've FX. I've heard about this. Uh, it's really good. It's about a group of um, Native American kids um, living in Oklahoma who are small-time crooks, stealing and trying to save up money to move to um, California.
0: And it's very blatantly taking its its kind of cues from Reservoir Dogs, correct? Or is that just marketing? It's,
1: it, well, they're a gang, and mm-hmm. they. I mean, they become called the reservation dogs. I, okay. I wouldn't say it's any like really tying into the movie okay. or anything. So it's more just, a, just a pithy reference. Yeah. Than a, yeah. It's okay. not trying to be, re- it's a comedy and um, it's got definitely that Taika feel to it okay. where the one of the main characters is having visions of this, um, like Indian warrior, but he's not like a famous Indian warrior. He's just like (laughs) this guy who was going into battle and his horse tripped in a gopher hole and squashed him. And so he keeps having visions of this guy and very like pithy comments. And it's very um, fun.
0: That answers my question about tone. Because oh, I was yeah. curious, I couldn't get a beat on it from from the the, the trailer that I had watched at the little promo i had watched. So yeah,
1: and it's really sweet. Like they're like the main character. I can't remember his name, but he's kind of like really apprehensive about being a crook. He wants mm-hmm. to do the best for his community, and um, so he's there's another warring gang with them, and so they're kind of like let's be like not really playing into their game let's like kind of stand up for our community against them even though they're also kind of being crooks and trying to make this path for themselves out of the out of the small town they live in okay. it's really good i really Where, where it. can i find it Did it's on say? hulu on hulu yeah okay um to check it out yeah it's really good i, I think you would enjoy i'll it. load that
0: in the queue the promise queue after ted lasso <laughs>
1: Which, uh, oh, you got it. Man, oh, this past episode of Ted Lasso was so
0: fantastic. I'm sorry. I was just talking to fans of Ted Lasso this week. Oh, really? And On uh, Instagram? Yeah. No. <laughs> no followers on, on Instagram? On Instagram. <sighs> Shut up, Clint. Not on Instagram. <laughs> uh, just, you know, in the world, my world, my oh, okay. life, just uh, people would bring up Ted Lasso. Uh, oh, you watch? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's just, IRL. This,
1: this, this, what? IRL. In real life, you were talking to these people.
0: See, I'm part of it all. Here's here's how, in my 40s, I am. I really all my brain could think is that you were trying to say IRS and then having a seizure. <laughs> IRL hmm. in in real life. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: I IRL. <laughs> wow. Guess I'm gonna have to learn this language. Yeah. All right.
0: What else you been watching?
1: Uh, last uh, yesterday, I also watched um, a new movie that just popped up on. Uh, Amazon. It's Amazon uh, original um, called Annette. Oh, with Kylo Ren. Kylo,
0: sorry. Adam Driver. Okay, Adam Driver
1: thank you. in uh, Marion Cotillard mm-hmm. and Simon Helberg from mm-hmm. um, Big Bang Theory, but it's by uh, Leo Crax, who mm-hmm. did Holy Motors. Mm-hmm. Um, Loved and- the trailer for this, so I was curious about it. <laughs> I think you would absolutely hate this movie. Really? Yeah. Like there's so many things in it that I could just, I was watching it and I was like, Kenny would hate this so much in it, but it gave me joy to think about you watching this and your face just slowly turning (laughs) sour. Well, now I have to watch it. Um, But it's a, basically a rock opera. The whole thing, everything is sung in Uh like incessantly, like every line is sung and uh, all the music is by the band Sparks um also written by sparks the whole movie was written by them which made total sense after watching it um sparks is in the same one that the sparks brothers that yes. the documentary is yeah. up
0: about that edgar mm-hmm. wright did okay yeah i was going to suggest we review that so interesting i
1: want to not until it comes down from twenty dollars well <laughs> yeah okay. i've been really wanting to watch it but it's written by them and it's um all the music is by them okay and I didn't realize it was written by them until after kind of reading up on, and then it totally clicked into place. Okay. Like the music definitely felt like them, but then just every aspect of it is so much them. Um, but basically, Henry, played by Adam Driver, is a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. kind of like the um, just very like in-your-face. You can't really tell if it's supposed to be funny. It's very um, performance-like like performance artist kind of um experience. It's it's really interesting. And Marion Kudliard is a who plays Anne is a like world famous opera singer. Okay. So it's this balance between the two things and everything it feels like a rock opera. Like all okay. the is very operatic operatic, but pop too. So it it feels a lot like Sparks music. Um well now as, I have
0: to watch it because I got I gotta see if if I <laughs> If I hate there's, it or if I'm going to surprise you. There's
1: an element which I'm not going to give away okay. um, that I know will be nightmare fuel for you. <laughs> okay. I'm so sure that you're going to be like oh, like pulling your hair out like, Clint, right. why did you make me watch this? Okay. Um, I walked away from it like I It wasn't sure how I felt about it. And I really want to watch it again. I and I feel like I've come to the conclusion that I did really enjoy it and there's a lot in there and just thinking about it afterwards. Um, but I think the singing I, I like musicals, but mm-hmm. it's just it was it's so like the whole time. And it's like and they sang live in it. So it wasn't pre-recorded mm-hmm. and it's very part of the performance of the actors. So okay. it's not polished in any way. Okay. Um but it's definitely worth watching. And, and there's, it's very uh, – so like an artistic vision for, of the Sparks Brothers and uh, Leo um, um So, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, what have you been watching about?
0: I've actually watched quite a few things. Uh, it's, it's been one of those weird weeks. <laughs> I couldn't sleep a lot. Yeah. And so I just started watching things. I, I did uh, trek out to the theater and see Don't Breathe 2. Oh okay. Did you see the original? Don't breathe.
1: Oh yeah, I love that one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Don't watch this one. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Just, so, is the same director,
0: right? No. Oh, it's not. He's now producing. Oh, okay. Uh, the the guy who did Crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's just producing. This is a different director, different scriptwriter, and it it's much more generic. Hmm. Uh, this this would have been nothing special when it first came out. Uh, my problem. And just looking at reviews in general, everybody's problem with this movie—if uh, you don't mind me doing slight spoilers, although it's pretty obvious from the trailers—in uh-huh. uh, in the first movie, uh, you've got uh, you know blind man that's that's way more than he appears to be, mm-hmm. and then as the movie goes on, you find out just how deeply unsettled and, and downright evil he is. Yeah. Based on on what he's done, this one it's it's eight years later. He is raising this little girl, and it's the little girl from uh, everything you would think it would be from the first movie uh-huh. and uh he's just the hero the whole time, oh, and it's the strangest sequel turn uh-huh. I think I've ever seen because you go from somebody who just in no way i I get the the appeal of an anti hero, yeah, this is not that because this guy is not one of those just flawed or slightly criminal. Yeah, characters. he's really evil. He's really really <laughs> yeah. evil, really warped. And for him to suddenly be cast in the role of this uh protective father and I I got that from the trailers, but I really hope they had something more twisted to to kind yeah. of play on that. No, they just play him straight hero, hmm. uh straight anti-hero hmm. or whatever the whole time. And there are some twists in it, but but nothing that justifies the fact that that this uh you know essentially this monster is uh is in any way somebody you should be rooting for other than the fact that he has this eight year old that's that's the product of some pretty awful things he did. So yeah. anyway, it, it just it was a very strange I was conscious of it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the movie's well made. It's it's nothing to write home about, but it's well made. But that was so distracting to yeah. me. I just – I couldn't get into it.
1: Well, the first one, he was – was d- by the guy who did Evil Dead, yeah. the remake of that. Not Crawl. Not then. Crawl,
0: yeah. Okay. I always confuse those
1: yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Roto yeah. Sayagos, okay. so I can't pronounce yeah. four names.
0: I really like the Evil Dead remake. I know a lot of people do I enjoyed it too. I, I thought it was good. Uh, so, yeah, I, Don't Breathe To Take It, Leave It. I, I just could not get undistracted while yeah. watching it. Uh, the other thing I watched, did you watch the Shmigadoon
1: finale? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy? I did. I, w- I kind of wish there was maybe one or two more episodes. Two yeah. more episodes. Yeah. It 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 was a
0: lot of wrapping things up to the point that we had gotten so excited and now we had caught up to where it was airing yeah. live. Mm-hmm. I think if we would have just watched all six straight through, I would have mm-hmm. been fine. But waiting a week for the episode, and like, what are they going to do in the finale? And it was – you know, it wasn't standard fare per se, but it just it wrapped everything up pretty yeah, neatly. I, I mean, I and it was a nice it. end of the story, yeah. but it just it it um, it just felt like it was missing something. But again, if I had watched it all the way through, it would have been fine. I, I didn't have realize, anything yeah, before.
1: I didn't realize it was the last episode. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to the count of how many there yeah. were going to be. So then it got to near the end. I was like, oh, I guess this is the last one for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they did a good job, and I think yeah. the power of where he sings to her, mm-hmm. the end is so good. Yeah. And like you're saying, I think as a contained thing, the whole thing together, I think that would work really well um without having to wait. Um
0: And I, I think the biggest thing, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, a message series about, you know, acceptance and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, it probably hit that a little too much on the nose in the mm-hmm. last episode. Before that, it was – I mean, it was there, but it just wasn't. The last episode felt very direct, like, "and here's the message of the the series," mm. but but not in a bad way. By that point, I I loved the characters, and so it was it was cute, it was sweet, and I yeah. enjoyed it.
1: I did too. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know, and and I'm not sure how they would do a season two. Uh, but I, I love to dream that it's an anthology series where it's a different couple stumbling uh, into a different musical right. era,
1: yeah, world
0: yeah. each time. Each time called Schmigadoon, mm-hmm. but I want to see like the inner city Rent version of Schmigadoon with some completely different couple.
1: Um, I maybe don't know. yeah, maybe they get out and fall into another different kind of musical yeah. world. Like yeah, yeah they go Just, back, <laughs> they uh, go back to the city, and it's yep. yeah.
0: And now it's like the eighties musicals, mm-hmm. and then you know, give me some modern day musicals, and then hop back to the thirties, and mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, who knows?
0: But it was it was good. I still highly recommend it. Then I watched a little vampire flick called Blood Red Sky on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything about that? It sounds familiar. It's about this woman who gets on an airplane, an all night flight with her son, oh, okay. and the plane gets hijacked, and she turns out to be a, a yeah. vampire, and things go south, and she can't keep control or or keep hidden and then it's basically vampire versus terrorist but it's it's much better and smarter than that it's a good looking film for about an hour Mm. for about an hour i was really into this flick maybe not even an hour but Uh it did a lot setting up and and just making itself different after that initial hour it goes paint by numbers Mm. um and it was over long and it got indulgent and just just a little too heavy on uh, a couple of different things. It was, you know, it was still worth watching, but um, I was a little disappointed in that second half compared to the first half. Mm.
1: Yeah, I watched the trailer for that after you mm. started talking about it. It rang a bell.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing I watched was Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard <laughs> with Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, and I know you have zero interest in this. Mm-hmm. I thought, did you see the first one? No. Okay. I mm. thought the first one was hilarious. Uh, even though it got bad reviews, uh, my son and I thought it was hilarious. We we watched it and just giggled foolishly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I I had even uh, smaller expectations for and we laughed maniacally. Probably laughed more at this one. It's not as good a film as yeah. the first one uh, but laughed much more even though it's it's got a lot of problems. But it's Ryan Reynolds being – Ryan Reynolds. It's yeah. Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson. Salma Hayek playing a coked out version of of Salma Hayek. And uh but it's it's fun. If yeah. you like if you like big dumb fun and if if those uh character actors, you know, tickle your funny bone, then you're going to love this thing. It's quick. It's paced fast. Probably too fast. Uh, any other movie, if it wasn't making me laugh, I would say, oh, the editing is just terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it just feels
0: like they cut a half an hour out of this movie. But mm. yeah, it's, it's just – it's it's fun. Yeah. I'm not telling you. No. I'm telling you. I watch Instagram. rock operas now. Yes. So it, <laughs> that's all. I'm telling Instagram because Instagram will love this thing. Yeah. With me. Those are your people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that we should insult the growing base of our of our listeners. There there are some very discerning and savvy folk.
1: On I, I'm sure they are on
0: the Insta. Yeah, the kids call it.
1: I think I'm just jealous that you're becoming a star on Instagram. No, we.
0: It's our picture on there, and I never say me. I say we. We Clint. I don't believe you. Sometimes I even highlight movies on there that I don't even like I just know you like them so I'm like well Clint likes these
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll see what the Insta kids think <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other thing I didn't watch it but did you know have you have you seen Night of Cups? oh the the Terrence Malick film? yeah, yeah. how did this Terrence Malick film uh, appear and disappear without me I've never heard of it oh really? I had never seen a trailer for it I this thing just
1: appeared and I was like oh what? Is it, is it any good? I haven't seen it. There's okay. like two in there that I have missed. Like there was – because he just put out a couple right in a row yeah. um, and I haven't seen okay. that one yet. It looks very different than yeah. his other I films. Th- is it based around some musicians and like touring musicians or is that another one? No, no, no. This one I believe
0: is is Hollywood celebrity culture. Okay.
1: Because there's another one where it's like musicians and it's got a bunch of big people in it. Maybe that's what this one is. I
0: don't I – was, I was so – like how does this exist? And I hadn't heard of it. I'm I'm a fan of Terrence Malick. Yeah, I enjoy his his films. And this one, I just it's got Christian Bale. It's got it's got a cast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna watch it. I just I was curious if you had seen it.
1: No, I haven't yet.
0: Okay. No. Uh, you know, side note, mm-hmm. uh, just to move us away from Instagram, uh, <laughs> the reason that I even discovered that this. Was a thing was because I was doing uh, a series of of alternate movie posters uh, for an app, and <laughs> and I was doing Terrence Malick's films, Snapchat, and what? <laughs> Terrence Malick films, and this thing popped up, and I'm like, this isn't a Terrence Malick film. Why is why is this keep popping up in in all of these posters and stuff? Sure enough, hmm. man, you learn something every new. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did I just say you learned
1: something every day? Yes, you learned something new. <laughs> it's, you just said it with such confidence. I thought it was on purpose. Nope. You
0: I'm so tired. Ever new. I'm so tired. I, you have yeah. you have no idea. Uh, you learn something new every day mm-hmm. on Instagram. mm Hmm. Hashtag (laughs) CineBabble So today uh, Before we get to our movie reviews I feel like I I hear the
1: trailer trailer I
0: do hear the trailer trailer coming Let's pay a quick visit to the trailer trailer Welcome to
1: the trailer trailer What is it? Did you change the curtains in here? I mean, I had a coupon at Bed Bath & Beyond, so I thought... Bed Bath & Beyond's still open? Sure. Yeah. Okay. They got these coupons, man. People
0: eat it up. All right. I don't know if I would have gone with Paisley, but, you know, sure. Why? This thing's built in the 70s. We got to, (laughs) like, lean into it. Well, you know, smarter men would turn this into a meth lab, but uh, no, we just come in here... We are not
1: business oriented. No, and we
0: just come in here and watch movie trailers. Yeah. Uh, So It seems like a waste. A little bit. Little, it's, a, it's a very expensive way yeah. to watch free two-minute previews of, mm-hmm. of films. Uh, but, but this week, I was particularly excited. Uh, I was told last week that I was a little too excited about Loki. I disagree. I think I was the right <laughs> level of excited for Loki.
1: Who told you you were two, your friends? In the world. <laughs> IRL. IRL friends.
0: Uh, but this week, I was very excited because out of nowhere – they dropped the second Eternals trailer. Mm -hmm. And I watched this thing. And before I tell you what I thought, which Mm -hmm. is, I promise you, super predictable. Uh, I would like to hear uh, what you thought of the second Eternals trailer.
1: Ken. Yes. I have zero interest in this. Are you serious? How? I have have no interest. It's gorgeous. And it looks, yes. It looks like CG-like. Just no. like the, yeah, it's no. so generic. Oh, Clint. I have, okay, oh, Ken, I have a hot take on everything forward for Marvel. Oh. I think I'm almost done. What? I have zero interest in any of the steps they're taking forward. Clint,
0: what are we going to talk about?
1: I don't know. I know you're going to force me to watch these films, <laughs> but right now I'm just like, I don't care about the Eternals. What if it was a rock opera? Maybe it's a rock opera. Is Adam Driver in it? Yes. Okay. Okay. With
0: music by Sparks Marx Brothers. Mm-hmm. Aren't uh, you Mark excited now? Mm, All right. Yes. So help me understand, because because I want to understand your world.
1: Okay. Can I going into everything else, Marvel? I had. I know this seems like some kind of like old man like platform mm-hmm. like a form mm-hmm. I'm standing on where Reading like, my mind. I okay, I knew uh, I knew roughly stuff about everything um, previous okay. like i had a like i knew like loki i knew you know all the characters iron man and everything so there was an entry point for me okay i have no entry point for this i okay. have like and i know that's kind of closed-minded yeah to think but it's just like i have been watching these marvel films for 15 years what what has it yeah. been yeah it's it's and been it, a while i've just 10, gotten 15 gotten to a point where it's just like i don't think I want anymore and I don't want another thing to learn <laughs> right but four
0: words here and and I really want to stress these yeah. four words okay giant stone space gods
1: okay let me tell you the moment in this where I it lost me the line where they're like why didn't you guys help with yeah. anything previous right following and orders they, <laughs> and then it cuts to, then they had to have the reason right right it's so like they have to put that in the trailer because it, like, yeah, okay, it doesn't make any sense. Like, but then you get this wah shot of a celestial, like, big and it looks awesome. It but looks I, so I good. don't care about that. Why? Clint, <laughs> this is the weird <laughs> space stuff that you've been waiting for. I, it's a bunch of Superman, though. It's not science <laughs> fiction, it's Superman. I hear you. Yeah. I
0: think it will be a little more, I don't know. I, I, it's the same I,
1: problem I have with Superman. Okay. They're I'm having a hard gods. time defending what I haven't seen yet. <laughs> I just well, tell me why because you probably know something about it.
0: Well, I so everything with Marvel, uh, Marvel characters are are always the the flawed gods. DC has the heroic gods. Uh, and and Marvel is always the how do we make these people more and more and more human? Mm-hmm. And it's essentially um, a lot of what I enjoyed in Invincible, the idea that uh, you know, th- these beings that that should be at a higher level and that should not care about us at all because they're so much more advanced and so much more powerful and all these things come here for one reason and then end up falling in love with what. They find here,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I I find that concept fascinating. And so, with without the villainy of it, it's it's just that idea—the same thing that Invincible explores: the idea of you know a, a a god coming to the planet and realizing some things. And and the Eternals aren't gods; they're just these immortal beings. But it's it's a lot <laughs> okay. like Thor. yeah, it's, it's a lot like uh, those characters. But I know it took until Ragnarok before. You really had a lot of interest in I hadn't, or enjoyment. Yeah, of those I didn't characters. have any interest
1: until Ragnarok, and that was a director I really enjoy having a take on it.
0: And they had fun with it. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where Eternals is going to be much more dour and serious. Yeah. which is some some humor thrown in for for some good measure. Uh, I'm I'm curious what they do with it. I'm curious how just team of heroes it is. I suspect based on what I know from the characters and watching the trailer. Uh, some of the what I hope are hints in there. I think there's going to be a lot more infighting between the Eternals than mm. it probably appears. I think you get that one hero shot, and it it gives you the vibe from that trailer of oh, this is just going to be an Avengers-style flick, but with different characters, uh, more you know Justice League-powered characters, and I I think there's going to be more factioning and disagreement and. Uh, Probably one of them at least is is kind of a,
1: a hidden villain hmm. sort of thing.
0: So I I don't know. I'm optimistic.
1: Yeah. What's the other one coming out soon? The uh, uh, chi Like I have no interest in that either. Okay. Yeah.
0: That one I can understand having less interest in. I I don't know that the trailers have really shown anything that suggests a lot of depth. Yeah. Uh, it i'm i'm just going for marvel kung fu i have zero connection to any of those characters yeah that's one where i don't have an entry point other than that one shot in the trailer of wong fighting abomination i'm like i know those two characters everybody else uh aside from the mandarin they've mentioned yeah uh, but uh i don't know i i'm going into that one more with curiosity but for me any of these that I don't have an entry point, that's how I was with Guardians. And I went in to Guardians, not jaded, but there hadn't been enough Marvel movies yet for me to think, okay, they're going to at least make it good. I well, i didn't know what I was going to run into, and I really enjoyed Guardians.
1: Well, that was the fun thing about Guardians is that like, up to that point, there wasn't any big um, galactic like space. Mm-hmm. like You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that was opening up the world – in a whole different way, I feel like so this isn't doing that for okay. me. Yeah,
0: this looks like to me uh, what Prometheus was trying to accomplish, mm. and I, and I'm hoping it's it's more successful in what it's trying to do. But I I will agree with you if it's just a generic uh, people with superpowers fighting some creatures and their boss, yes, that will be very boring, very disappointing, and I will be very sad.
1: I mean, Marvel is relatively successful for, with every film. Yeah. So I feel like...
0: Do you think that they have enough now between series and films that it's going to get to a place that they're always going to be the people that watch everything, but I I think they keep it separate enough. Can it just be that, oh, I'm on board for the you know the weird Thor sequels, but I'm just not an Eternals guy or almost like comics. When you yeah. go into a comic shop, it's not like you buy every book. You get the ones that connect to you. I was an X-Men kid. Uh, Other people are, you know, Avengers kids and and different things like that. I almost think once there's enough, um, you know, entertainment out there, you have to start picking and choosing.
1: I I feel like with the movies, though, they tie them in together so much Mm -hmm. more than the comics because the comics can like – I mean I don't read the comics. But I'm assuming there's enough quantity of them that they can go on their own – Yeah. tangents and do their own things but i feel like the movies there's there are a lot of them at a lot of them at this point but i feel like there aren't enough for them to go out in it on an adventure on their own gotcha. i feel like they have to be tied together
0: I I think they're going to have to be very careful when they want to reference things. It's easy for Eternals to reference Avengers Endgame because everybody and their brother watched Avengers Endgame. Everybody knows about the Thanos snap. So that's easy to reference as part of that. I think a movie after Eternals, if Eternals doesn't blow up and is super popular, which it probably won't be, it'll be more of a niche film, then uh, they would have to be very careful in other movies referencing the Eternals films because then you do run into a situation where you can't bank on people knowing what in the world you're talking
1: about. Yeah. So,
0: okay. Interesting.
1: Hmm. I I'm very excited. I'm yeah. Very I knew excited. you were going to be very excited. I was very excited. I wish I was excited about it. Giant
0: stone space gods, the Celestials man. It's it's the the Marvel creation myth. Hmm. Uh it's so weird and hmm. it's it's back in the 70s with uh 60s and 70s with Jack Kirby. And it's it's all the stuff they used to uh, – that they alluded to and, and put the design work in for Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the – if you imagine that's the Art Deco version of referencing something, this is what it's referencing. So these are the very real kind of creation beings mm. that all of that design work was referencing. So f- f- I get that it's not as fun – but it just i i like that there's there's layers being built into the world.
1: Yeah. I feel like my attitude could change towards it as it gets closer, but right now I just feel so kind of worn down but that like it's this thing that's never going to end. It's just this there's going to be constantly for the rest of my life these comic book based movies coming out and I just want to I'd like to see weird Rock operas, rather than some like I don't know. Everything
0: you said up to that last sentence (laughs) makes me so happy. Like the idea that they would just keep making this stuff—that's that's incredible to me.
1: Yeah, but it it fills up so much space, though. Yes, don't you think? Like, there's so many things that you would like to see that when I go to the
0: grocery store, food fills up a lot of space. But it's good,
1: and it keeps me alive. But imagine that every aisle except for one is cereal. Again, <laughs> I think you're talking to the wrong person here because that
0: sounds incredible. Yeah, but it's not nutritious. Right. But <laughs> that sounds incredible. Does the other aisle have milk? Because if so, that's a grocery store I want to be a part of. Mm, okay. I will I will buy membership to that Costco. Mm. Man, serial market Marvel movies? Give me that Desert Island. (laughs) I'm sorry. The trailer trailer, I breathe in the mold and the dust, and it just does something to me. So, all right. Did you see any other trailers, or we just came here so that you could just in my dreams? I wanted to come here because I wanted to be excited with you, Clint. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to share a moment, all right? Yeah. And instead, you took my moment. You put it on the ground. And you stepped on it. I wasn't trying to step on your moment. Be. I was trying to just give you my be.
1: my view on it, and I my feelings. I appreciate your
0: Instagrammable <laughs> hot take, okay? <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll I'll run with it on Instagram and get us another you're thousand a bad followers. Person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not saying you're a bad person for being excited about this. I'm just saying I feel worn down by the thought of a whole bunch of new uh, Marvel characters that I have to learn. <laughs>
0: that you have to learn. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. You have to invest some thought and energy into the, you know what? Uh, let's just, uh, driver, you can take this. Uh, who does drive the trailer trailer?
1: I don't know. It's a mystery ghost driver. That's super It might weird. just be brought here by our thoughts and prayers.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, today we are reviewing four flicks. We have the documentary Val about Val Kilmer. We have, I'm not even entirely sure the title here. G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes Origins, G.I. Yeah. Joe Origins, Snake Eyes, mm-hmm.
1: Snake Eyes. There's like 80 titles when you for said this film. Snake Eyes and I was so in the mindset of um, Chris uh, – <laughs> of uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick, Nick, Cage. Nick Cage. I thought you meant that Snake Eyes movie and I was like, that's very <laughs> random that Ken wants to watch this. And then I was like, it can't be that. And no. So, no. yeah.
0: G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes – And then uh, speaking of Nicolas Cage, uh, we're going to review Pig. And then we're going to wrap things up with our Cinebabel – excuse me, our Cenotron pick, Atlantics, which is on
1: Netflix now. I was really wishing that that movie Lamb had came out so we could do Pig and Lamb.
0: Oh, that would have been funny.
1: Yeah. I really – we should have talked about the
0: trailer to Lamb. I'm assuming you watched that trailer. Mm -hmm. Did we already talk about that? In IRL. That was nuts. Yeah. That trailer is one of my (laughs) favorite trailers ever. Yeah. That movie could be trash, Mm -hmm. and I will still find time to watch
1: that trailer. Yeah. If you have not watched the trailer for Lamb, wow. Yeah. Go check that out. The second one, the second trailer. The first one's just a little teaser, but the second one really gives you.
0: Second trailer is just bonkers. Yeah.
1: I love it. Uh, So let's start with
0: Val. Val is a documentary uh, that Val Kilmer uh, wrote and produced, and it's it's something that his son narrates uh, mm-hmm. from his written narration. Very convincing young Val Kilmer voice. Yeah. Uh, to the point that when we first saw the trailer for this, we even wondered how in the world he was doing the narration, or did yeah they find I thought a it voice was, actor. Yeah,
1: I thought it was a voice actor they hired,
0: but a really nice touch that it's his son. Mm-hmm. I. I I like that, but it it basically is just a an overview of Val Kilmer's career and eventually his his declining health and and kind of where he's at now and just that that kind of twilight celebrity where you're trying to figure out okay, what does life look like now that I'm not this bankable movie star anymore um, and we had we had tiptoed towards this because it it looked pretty heavy uh, and it looked it looked like it might uh, might be a little. Uh, a bit of a tough watch. So Clint, what did you think
1: of Val? I love this movie. I think, and we're going to do a top documentary thing at the end of this, mm-hmm. and I would put this on there. Really, I love this documentary. I think it was so well done. And Ultimately, like it was heavy, but I came away more hopeful mm-hmm. than like, I feel like his attitude is so positive and like he's doing the best with what he's been given and he's finding new avenues to make art. And that's what I was really hoping from the documentary, that it wasn't just going to be this view into his declining health. Mm-hmm. Like it does go into that and it goes into all his fears and worries and everything that he's feeling but he, in a surprising it, way though it, yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't bring you down no no it didn't bring me down it made me like it made me really enjoy him more than mm-hmm. i like it really paints him as this person and this artist that i in in a way that i never really thought of him as and more of like this man who really just loves acting and who's devoted his life to it and in certain ways his life Act and in acting hasn't gone how he envisioned it from when he was a kid he had a very different view of it but like it's really interesting um seeing just how his life unfolds and man the cinematography like just his his collection of um video like how he's documented his life is so amazing mm-hmm. um and I'm just going to keep talking, but I I really liked this movie. Okay. What, what did you think?
0: I enjoyed it as well. I, I was of two minds with it. The first was I, I was pretty aware of his reputation yeah. and how much he had garnered a reputation for being a, a difficult person on set and things. I thought this movie, without without him sitting around in any way singing his praises, I think it put that in perspective. Yeah, I came away from this – feeling the sadness of somebody looking back and feeling just woefully misunderstood as if just people had really missed what he was about and Mm -hmm. what he was trying to accomplish. And, and, you know, two sides to every story. But again, he doesn't paint himself as just this, this saint. He's, he's very open about his flaws and his character flaws and things like that. But that was, that played through the whole movie for me. And that was that was one reaction to it. And I thought that was really well handled. It was fascinating. And I'm a sucker for movie anecdotes. And so just listening to him kind of reminisce about productions. Yeah. And they didn't go with things that I had ever heard before. Mm. They didn't go with common stories. And I'm sure he has plenty of those. They went with things that were very personal to him, his life, his experience, what was happening in his career at the time what he was learning as a person at the time, what he was struggling with. Those are the things that they really bring out. And in that sense, this, this documentary really had a tighter narrative than I was expecting it to, mm. especially with as much as it bounces between kind of his past life and career and his current health struggles yeah. and, and kind of touring. Uh, so, so that was my, my first kind of impression of it. And that was really good. Second thing... Is that it's it's a very interesting documentary in the way that it's put together. It feels very confident mm. and it doesn't feel the need to answer every question. Yeah. It's very clearly his story and it's done in a way that it doesn't deviate from his point of view.
1: Yeah. And it just I, allows him mm-hmm. to
0: have a point of view. And you don't see that a lot in documentaries. A lot of times documentaries either, either feel like they're trying to sell you something or they give you too much of different sides and they're just trying to show a wider swath of whatever they're covering. And this was almost like, you know, let's just make this documentary feel as much as possible like you're his son or you're his daughter or you live at his house or you've uh, grown up with him or or come along with him or things like that. It really had this this personal level to oh, it yeah. that I was I was not expecting. Mm. I think my only complaint is that I watched it on too big of a screen hmm. and so which sounds weird, but with all of the old footage, it was very difficult at times to watch oh, okay uh just aesthetically hmm. it was difficult and i i it was one of the few times I wish like man i I should have watched this on my phone <laughs> uh which is is uh, strange, I but cinematically know. it's it's good it's it's not bad. I loved his footage and everything uh i just i felt blown up, it it lost some of its uh clarity, I guess. I don't mm. I don't know how I want to word that, but that was a minor, minor huh. complaint.
1: I, I just I love that old footage so much. And yeah. just man, that wealth of like an archive of your life is yeah. so and I was thinking about like, is that gonna happen ever again? It's gonna be a bunch of cell phone footage of people, and it's like all gonna be in a weird aspect ratio. And manufactured.
0: Yeah. Because the big it's... thing I noticed between what he had documented and what you see now, Instagram, haha, woo, yeah. is that everything is manufactured. Yeah. It, it is, everything behind the scenes is done with the knowledge that this is going to see the light of day. Yep. And so everything has to have polish, everything has, to – and you have to put work into. Yep getting that fly on the wall feeling. But this, this is very fly on the wall. Yeah. Even, even his scenes where he goes over with the camera to Marlon Brando mm-hmm. on the set of uh, Dr. Moreau yeah, was not what you would expect from no. one famous actor going over and meeting one of his heroes or talking to one of his heroes on camera. It's so ordinary and down to earth. Yeah,
1: yeah, for I sure. Just, I, I love that. Me too. It just, yeah, and I think it would have been, done the whole thing a disservice to have like talking heads throughout. Like I love the intimate nature of it. It was just like his point of view, his vision of the world and how um, he kind of sees himself and how he's experiencing life now. And there there are so many beautiful like moments in it where it cuts from the past to the present. Like there's the moment in towards the end where his mother has died mm. and he's walk. he goes to his mother's house and he's walking through and they are intercutting between the footage of walking in the house after his mother has passed, like right after the funeral and footage from the past that he had done of his mother in the house, like cooking dinner. Uh-huh. And it's so well done. And it's like so beautifully – like it was so powerful like to like giving like this personal experience of his mother at, when she's there and when she's gone. Well,
0: and that was – the documentary was constantly marrying past with yeah. present. And, and that really gave it – it ceased to feel like archive footage or things that he just had on hand. It started to feel like flashes of memory. Yeah. And that was –
1: because he has so much footage yeah. that like you could just like use any anything you're yeah. talking about he had something yeah. that plays into what they're referencing like yeah yeah and and i think that better
0: allowed him to kind of showcase what was going on in his head and and where he was at in his life mm-hmm. at the time and again you don't i never got a sense that here's somebody trying to create a defense of who they were they were misunderstood and they want to set the record straight it doesn't have that at all. He doesn't even seem angry. He really understands why people saw him the way that they did and, and he had the reputation he did. And it's it's really painting this picture of, let me tell you who I was as a person and who I've spent years becoming. And even down to the, the illness, it, it already seemed like he had had all kinds of growth prior to the illness. And then that catapults him into a whole other level of just epiphanies and and kind of life revelation, and yeah. it was it was
1: really moving, especially towards the end. But I, the thing is, like, I never got this, like, and maybe maybe it's a fault of the film. I never got this feeling of he was a bad guy, like no. that. I feel like no. you say he's difficult on Saturday, but like that comes from like okay, he has a point of view and yeah. he's trying to get his point of view across. But like, that's what an artist's job is. And even if you go back and you read a lot of those articles, that stuff was never coming
0: from actors. It was never coming yeah. from directors. It was coming from a producer or it was coming from the screenwriter or somebody that was on set. Or yeah. It was always these little anonymous source kind of things that had built that reputation but he kept getting hired for jobs. Right. So he can't, yeah, he can't he be that. He couldn't old, have no. been a genuine problem. Right. You just you can't work with the people he was working with.
1: Yeah, at that level, no. and
0: survive yeah. if if you're just, you know, a monster.
1: Right. Um
0: so uh, yeah, I I agree with you there. I just it really it almost I guess not almost. It it made me want to go back and rewatch films that he's in mm-hmm. just to get a a sense of um you know, knowing the person now behind those different roles. And he really comes across, he he has a, a firm grasp on craft. Yeah. And what he tries to accomplish and how deep and committed he gets to different characters, um, and where those disappointments come. Right. I love the stories from Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forever, where he's talking about he was so excited for it and he had all these ideas and he had all of these uh, kind of plans as to how he was going to to perform this character
1: it was basically a dummy in and a he suit. couldn't move yeah
0: he couldn't hear anything mm-hmm. people would escort him around set and just him talking about how he just felt like an object mm-hmm. in instead of a performance uh even that cast that whole movie in a different light because you can see it and for years i've just always thought it was how he was playing the character and now i'm like oh okay Right. That that misery is just coming through every time he's on screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a vision of what you want to do with the character. And I'm sure like, I mean, he comes from such a like trained actor like mm-hmm. background. And I'm sure that is really um, pushing a direction you're not expecting when you go to like film acting because you have a vision of it from all this years of learning it and then it's kind of thrown out the window and it's probably i'm sure that's a hard struggle because you like you seem like he really just loved acting or loves acting like i mean that's really comes across like when he's doing the um oh the um what's the play he was doing at the end oh yeah um i know what you're talking about um yeah that one yeah (laughs) <laughs> Total professionals here.
0: Yeah, that one. That, that play. Let's pretend we said the name and just we'll just keep going.
1: <laughs> I want to see what, what was the what's. Um, anyway, he was doing this play and it's just a one man show. Yeah. And so he's not doing this to make millions of dollars. It's like a personal project. So you can just tell that he really loves acting and it's it's for his personal like growth as an yeah. artist. Yeah, and he's
0: gotten to a place in life that it's not about. Okay, where do I take my career next? He he has a, a a firm understanding that his career essentially is over. Yeah. The career as he knew it or had dreamed it. That's that's been long gone. And so now he's putting together, okay, what what does it look like now? Mm-hmm. And and where do I find meaning now? And and how do I impart things to my kids? And um and, and there are some some story elements that I was a little frustrated that I didn't get more information on. At the same time, I it it's his life. I completely understand why I didn't get information. There was so little information about his wife and the divorce Yeah. and what their relationship is now or what the kid's relationship are. But at the same time, I, I appreciated that because there were just things that were private.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There was still that feeling of there's there's things I'm willing to share and then there's other things that that's mine. That's my life and i'm i'm not about to put that on screen yeah. and well, i i thought that was really interesting too i mean there
1: were really nice moments of, like where they kind of hinted at that kind of stuff yeah. like at the funeral like she's there yeah. like so i mean i'm sure there was it was a difficult divorce and like yeah. that was not easy but like i mean she seems like she's still part of the family in some way and i would imagine i mean just the way that he comes
0: across in this movie, it was probably a conversation. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of this? Right. And she probably very kindly said, you know, no, I'd rather not right. have that part of our lives on there. Yeah. And he just seems like the kind of person that would be like, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was some form of that conversation, how much is too much and things like that. But yeah. I, I don't even know how
1: important that would be to – I mean – I don't either. Like, you really need all the details of someone's personal – No, like
0: no, not at all. Yeah. It was just – especially in that section where it was talking about his now adult children mm-hmm. and kind of their relationship with him. That was one of those questions. If I was standing there, I would – I don't even know if I would ask it standing there. That would be awful. But that was what was in my mind. I I wonder – how did co-parenting go and how did shuttling kids back and forth go and, and how was that when you're trying to be an actor and have a career and was that difficult? Did that present challenges? But again, that probably goes to some tensions in a period of time that was not them at their best or, or them at their – life probably was not pleasant uh, right. at, at that moment. Because she, after they divorced, she had been an actress. She stopped acting for the most part to raise the kids, Mm. and then just sort of disappeared. And so, uh, you know that that was more of the. I wonder if that ever frustrated her. I I wonder if that. I found myself having a lot of questions about her. Mm. I wanted to know more about her.
1: Um, Well, I guess you'll have to wait for the documentary about her. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) uh,
0: She was in Navy SEALs. That's one of your faves. Hey, shut up. <laughs> it is one of my childhood faves. I will defend that movie to the day I die. Charlie Sheen and Michael Bean. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, Val, check it out. Very, very good. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and, and definitely worth
1: watching. Um, did you see – I just saw this morning. Um, did you see – I can't remember where the company is, but they did an AI voice for him. No. Like, they took like a massive amount of um, – Like from different films, like of his voice, and they did an AI version of it, and it sounds exactly like him. Really, natural cadence and everything. Oh yeah, like they've gotten really good at it. Wow. They did.
0: Does somebody read the lines in a cadence, and then it puts his
1: words to that? I'm assuming it's just like typed in, like it's a Siri kind of thing or whatever. That's really cool. And yeah, and it sounds really natural. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I believe one
0: of the things that, that we talked about doing was kind of putting together our top five documentaries just to add in here. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to give your five, then my five? Do you want to go back and forth? Because I think these are a no particular order maybe kind of yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Why don't you go first? So you want to do all five? Why don't you just give me one,
0: okay. then I'll give you one, and we'll just go back and forth.
1: Okay. Yeah, they're not in any order. Okay. Um, this one actually... I feel like is very similar to Val in certain ways. Um, the Devil and Daniel Johnson from two thousand and six, directed by uh, Jeff Ferezia. Um, and it follows his life and so much great like documented footage that he did like on uh, sixteen millimeter, yeah. eight millimeter. Um, and also his, has that fly-on-the-wall feel. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of his life and his um, health problems mm-hmm. and mental uh, issues, and so good, so okay. good.
0: I watched it once upon a time.
1: I've watched it so many
0: times. Okay. It's really I, I have very little memory of it, which mm-hmm. means I probably did not give it. Uh, it's just due. Maybe. My first on my list, and, and probably will always be my my top documentary – Um, I don't think my other ones are in order, but this one's definitely at the top is Dear Zachary. Mm. Dear Zachary is just a fascinating piece of documentary filmmaking. It's about a man who is essentially documenting um, life for this little boy, uh, Zachary, so that when Zachary grows up, he can learn about uh, some, some pretty troubling things that happened Uh, in his parents' relationship Mm -hmm. and and just who he is and where he came from and all that. And I, I, unfortunately, the thing that will sell this documentary the best is talking about what happens in the very center. I'm not going to.
1: Don't do it. I'm not. Okay.
0: But there's something that happens in this documentary that flips it upside down and makes it everything it is. But you don't want to know what it is. Mm -mm. Don't ask anybody. Don't read about it just find dear Zachary it's it's a little bit everywhere and watch this thing It's an incredible film and one of one of a few documentaries that really allows emotion to start to come through the the cinematography and in the audio and some other things that are happening you really start to feel the emotion in certain scenes and that just it's it's very, very moving, very troubling at times and it just it's it's a powerful powerful flick. So, that's that's my big one is Dear Zachary. What do you got next?
1: Um in the Shadow of the Moon hmm. from 2007. Um, that was a Tom Hanks production, right? Or he produced uh, it or Maybe? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Feels right. Uh directed by David Sington. Um there's been a quite a few good like um documentaries based on like the apollo missions and everything did you see recently
0: apollo 11 the documentary that came out that was up i believe it was up for an i Oscar. can't remember maybe i have borrow that from me before okay. you leave it's it's really good
1: i i think this movie puts you in the shoes of the astronauts so well and This compiles like all of the footage from all of the missions to tell the story of going from the earth to the moon so well. Like it's one of those things where afterwards I felt like I had gone to space and I felt like I was floating. Like it was a really kind of spiritual experience and like I've never forgot it. And it's so well done uh capturing the uh the feeling of going on that mission
0: well and that's a documentary again we had we had said that earlier but i don't know that we'll ever get those kind of documentaries again because documentaries about things in the past in those eras you can see that people just completely unconsciously forget that the camera is there yeah recording things i don't i don't think that happens anymore uh, everything is. Everybody's always on. Mm-hmm. You always know there's a camera, and you're always. You just you know that you're being recorded, and it changes things. And with a lot of these these documentaries uh, back in the day, they didn't they don't have that quality to the footage at all because it, it was not a part of life where there's just a camera always rolling on you, even when the director yells cut or even when something exciting's not happening or. Or whatever else, and Shadow of the Moon, it's history,
1: right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, or even like something like Val, where they are referencing the camera or something. It's always yep. like more playful and kind of endearing in yep. a way because it's just like them waving at it or something. Yeah. And now, yeah, I feel like everyone is thinking they're going to be a star as yep. soon as it's turned on, and it's, yep. yeah, it's. Okay. So what, what's your next one? My second
0: one is Three Identical Strangers. Have you watched this? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. love Three Identical Strangers. And I don't know. I I honestly haven't watched it again. And I don't know if it's something where it's just that first impact. Mm. But it's about it's about these three identical brothers who were raised in completely separate homes, did not even know that as adopted children they had uh, twins and and triplet brothers out there, mm-hmm. and then just through a series of of newspaper articles. Uh, start to figure out this guy looks exactly like me, yeah. And they get together and they find out, oh, we're twins. Then they find a third brother and they find out they're triplets. That would be enough on its own as a story. But then where this goes yeah. is nothing short of a bad movie. It it should be a bad movie. If this was the plot of a movie, you'd be like, that's the most ridiculous thing. When it turns into that, Parent Trap, yeah, that that could never <laughs> happen. Uh, there's no way that that what I'm watching is real. But it's real and it's twisted, and and the things that that were done to these kids and how they landed in these separate homes and why mm-hmm. is bizarre, hmm. and it was just it was fascinating to watch, and um, I like I like how much it laid it out because it's rare that a documentary feels like it layers a plot twist really well. Yeah, uh, Dear Zachary does the same, but but this one uh, has that same kind of wait what. Hmm.
1: And then I can't even remember what it was. I'll I'll tell yeah. you after.
0: It's it's one I I am so glad I didn't know going into it. Yeah, but it is bizarre. So yeah, uh, three
1: identical strangers. Highly recommend that one. My um, next is the Cave of Forgotten Dreams by Werner Herzog yeah. from 2010. Another one, kind of like in The Shot of the Moon, where it paints such a picture for me of the vastness of time Mm -hmm. it does such a good job of making you feel like experiencing this cave and putting into perspective how much time has gone gone by and that it makes me feel so small in in an amazing way um i i can't recommend it enough like i don't even know what else to say about it it's it's so good I don't know. He, His voice and the way he narrates just – it completely puts me in that headspace. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, and that's another one. I remember it. I watched it. <laughs> I just – that was during that period of time when I was reviewing. I mm. think I watched so many movies yeah. that they started to blur together in some ways. Uh, and I I know they didn't at the time. It's just now when I'm trying to go back and remember everything about something or – there's only certain things that stand out. Yeah. And that's slightly frustrating. Hmm. So, okay. I'll have to check that one out again. It's great. Okay. Uh, my third is uh, Jodorowsky's, Jodorowsky's Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, the documentary about this uh, kind of lost to development hell version of Dune uh, that – how do you say his name? I always Jodorowsky? feel Jodorowsky? Like Jodorowsky? Yeah. J- Jodor- Jodorowsky? Man, we need somebody <laughs> on staff here. That just on staff, yes. (laughs) Okay, that just leans in and and properly I think it's enunciates and pronounces these names, but uh, I I always feel like we're completely mangling them. But Jodorowsky's Dune is (laughs) that was the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's just about uh, this very famous but very eclectic director. Uh, and his approach to what his Dune movie would have been, and it's it's out there. Mm-hmm, it would yeah. have never been made. The fact that 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 he even thought that he was going to be able to accomplish what he was taking pen and putting to paper, and, and some of the drawings and things, I mean, it it just would have been at the time a, a billion dollar pre CG <laughs> movie. I don't even know how they would have gone about accomplishing it, but it's it's fascinating. It's one of those uh, kind of production diaries, sort of like um uh, lost in La Mancha mm, where yeah. you you get a sense of what a movie could have been. yeah. And so while watching, you know, kind of this story laid out or of Tim how Burns things Superman. yes, yeah, uh, how things fell apart. You're also dreaming of what that film would would have looked like, yeah. and would have been like. And it would have been an, an utter bomb. Uh, people would have just been completely baffled by it.
1: Well, he uh, didn't even want read it. no, like he was just no. from all his imagination, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah, that one that one's definitely worth watching, especially if you just love Hollywood stories and you know, movies that that came and didn't didn't go anywhere. and uh, this is this is one of the best of those.
1: Um, my next, uh, exit through the gift shop Mm. from 2010 by, by Banksy and about Banksy. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it goes in different paths than you expect it to. There's a lot of mystery tied into it of, cause I mean, the whole thing about Banksy, you don't know who Banksy is and the film plays into that and speculates and it, it turns it on its head in a very Banksy way. It's so subversive. Yeah, yeah. It just pl- completely plays with the format of a documentary mm-hmm. and and film in general. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of,
0: have you watched the series with Bill Hader and uh, where the, where they do the mockumentaries? Oh yeah, documentary st- now. Yes. Yeah. Have you watched that? Mm-hmm. Such good fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Side side note. Uh, my fourth one is Fog of War. Uh, which is, is essentially an extended interview with Robert McNamara. And for political documentaries, this is, this is my go-to. This one is a, a fascinating swath of history over several decades. And it's, it's really a, a man at the end of his life kind of just saying, you know what? S- screw it. Now mm-hmm. Let me pull back the curtain and just show you all the secrets and tell you all the stuff and uh it's it's just anybody that's that's kind of a student of of modern history or recent american history uh, this is it's just got gold nuggets and just gems constantly coming out of things and really puts a lot of things into perspective and puts a new spin on things that uh in american history that you may have taken for granted and i just he's he's um it's it's weird it's not like he has a a very Flashy personality, mm-hmm. but I could just sit and listen to him tell stories all day. I mean, I couldn't because he's dead now. Hmm. But at that the puts time, a in things. It, it does. Yeah, it does. Just a little bit. Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll start an Instagram page, like Robert McNamara, uh, dreams big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What's your fifth documentary, Clint? Uh, my fifth is uh, Twenty Thousand Days on Earth. Ooh. Uh, directed by uh, Jane Pollard and Lane Mm -hmm. uh, Forsyth about Nick Cave from 2014. And it is a kind of fictionalized version of a day in the life of Nick Cave. And it's very uh, artistically done. It's it's not trying to be a straight documentary in any way. It follows a day where he goes to an archivist, which... um, is kind of the section where you're going through, uh, different points in his life. And there's, it's just sectioned off in really interesting ways, um, where it's playing with documentary and it's playing with the format. Um, and okay. it has a bit of like footage from like rehearsal with the band, um, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, but it's really just kind of this, fictionalized version of the day of Nick Cave and it's very Nick Cave and (laughs) the best way like I love Nick Cave I love his music um, but if you go into it expecting a straight documentary where it's fly on the wall footage this is not it (laughs) and I wouldn't expect anything less so it's great
0: all right my fifth one is 7852 uh, which is the documentary about Hitchcock uh, shooting the shower scene of Psycho have Mm, you watched this? no I have not incredible hmm. uh it's it's basically uh just takes a look at 78 setups for 52 cuts of this one scene and it you would not think one small moment in in film history could keep you engaged for for a feature-length documentary but it explores everything from filmmaking to technique to uh, kind of what Hitchcock was pioneering with style. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there are a lot of talking heads in this one, but it's, it's people who are analyzing uh, what's been put on the screen and it's filmmakers kind of pointing to what inspired them. Early on in, in their lives or mm-hmm. early on in their careers that, that they always kind of look back at Hitchcock as this touchstone of filmmaking and it's helped propel their careers. And so there's there's a lot going on in this documentary. And uh, it just – it's <laughs> – I already like production documentaries when they're good. Yeah. I like when it – when something can really kind of peel apart a film and dissect it and, and give me a better understanding of of what brought it to be, mm-hmm. especially the technique. But this one, just for one scene, hmm. uh, I could have watched, you know, bring me a part two, part three, just yeah, every scene in Psycho. Uh, <laughs> just do a film series. Yeah. I'm good with it if it's if it's this kind of quality. Yeah. And, and it really gave me appreciation for Hitchcock. It gave me appreciation for how much he has influenced and, and affected cinema.
1: Yeah. So, I it need was, to watch that one. It's
0: really good. I think it was – I think I had to rent that one. It might have been three bucks. But it, it might oh, be streaming somewhere. It. Oh, forget it might be streaming somewhere on Hulu or whatnot. Um, I believe you have some honorable mentions or another five or you want to just rattle those yeah, off? Yeah, I mean, they,
1: those weren't even in order. It could have switched between any of them. Way to be decisive, Clint. Yeah, I'm not decisive in any way. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, so a band called Death from 2013 about the band, um, A Crumb, which is a great documentary about our crumb. Um, I Man on a wire. Another mm. one where it puts you in the shoes of doing something like Oof. walking a high wire between the two uh towers. I Man. honestly
0: couldn't finish it. Really? My my complete terror with heights. Yeah. Just, I just have... I could not this and um what's the mountain climbing one that just came oh, out? Oh
1: my gosh, that one wow. is so that was almost that that would be on the list for free, sure. free, free climber. Climb, yeah. That,
0: that sounds wrong, but it was free something. Free solo. Free solo, yeah. Oh,
1: oh my gosh, that movie. Yeah, another one. Yeah, just put you in the shoes yeah. of doing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, I have a horrible fear of heights too. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I had to hear Zachary on there, yeah. but you said that one. So okay,
0: all right. Well, let's move on to uh, what you're all here for. This is
1: gonna be a bloated episode, friends. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what What are we at already? Oh. A one hour and ten minutes. One hour
0: and d- do you wanna? Do you wanna just stop here now and part we'll to It
1: we'll just continue. Okay.
0: Yeah. You just want to put up one big episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll just. This is more value for you kids. Yeah.
1: For, more bang for your. There buck. you go.
0: Yeah. More free for your free. That's what we're giving you. <laughs> That's what we're about here at Cinebabble. More <laughs> free for your free. Anyway, uh, our second movie. Man, you are like full of gems today. <laughs> don't don't hold me to it. Oh. It's been a week, Clint. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our second movie today is G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes or G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Origins. Uh, Let's just call this G.I. Joe Shaky Cam Origins Mm -hmm. because the shaky cam in this film is so aggressive and invasive that anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this film is about an ancient Japanese clan called the Arashagi. That welcome – (laughs) no. Who do they welcome? I don't know. It's G.I. Joe Kids. So you get to find out the origin story of Snake Eyes. You've been waiting for it. And Storm Shadow and Baroness and Lady Jane. No, uh, Scarlet Mm -hmm. and all of these uh, kind of side – uh, GI Joe characters. But Snake Eyes kind of gets front and center. He is kind of adopted into this clan. He starts as an underworld criminal. He's adopted into this clan that, that just so happens to uh, one day is going to be passed to the future Storm Shadow. They, of course, become best friends. Things go sideways. Action ensues. Somehow magic comes into it. Uh, which I don't remember a lot of magic in the in the GI Joe cartoons, but whatever.
1: It was there for sure. Was it really?
0: I don't know. It was the eighties, I guess. Clint, uh, please, please share with me what you thought of GI Joe Snake Eyes origins.
1: What a wild swing from these highly regarded <laughs> de- documentaries <laughs> to now talk about this film. Yeah. Ken, you know I love you, right? I. I you know we've been in friends in my a long defense. Time. Okay,
0: I. Did not watch this movie before <laughs> suggesting it. And you had already shot down other movies. I just said, let's do something fun in the midst of all these other This was things.
1: almost a friendship destroyer. <laughs> My gosh, was this film bad. It's real bad. Uh, it's so bad. I, well, I was slightly surprised at first when there was some okay action mm-hmm. sequences for maybe five minutes. And then I was like, This is not good action once it actually got going because, I mean, what's a PG-13 movie? Oh, yeah. So it can't really do anything that interesting with it. It can't be super violent um, samurai action. Never have so many swords
0: drawn so little blood.
1: Especially coming from people like a main character who says he doesn't want to kill. Yeah. And clearly, you're probably killing a bunch of people right now. Yeah. Hacking and slashing through entire crowds. Yeah, this was just, I mean... It's real bad. Clint. This is like the anti like version of everything that like I like talk <laughs> about, like where I'm like against like uh, no. content. This yeah. is like the most content based thing ever. <laughs> where it's just like this is like i i'm su- i'm surprised like it didn't like my tv didn't hand me an action figure out of it like <laughs> like here this is what you really were purchasing just
0: pause every 5 minutes for an amazon link yeah
1: yeah, yeah. like and it shows up at my door yeah. cuz like that's part of watching this like here's the action figure for you to play along with it
0: <sighs> more offensive mm-hmm. to me was how much movie is here it's, oh, it's, so, so, long. Long. <laughs> yeah, it's so long it's so long it's unholy long. <sighs> it it just goes
1: on and on and on. I uh I got to a point and I I stopped it to see how much time was left and I was only at halfway point point. Yep. and I was so I was, I was like, I gotta text Ken, and like I'm only at the halfway point of this movie <laughs> and I gotta watch the rest of it. Oh my gosh. You
0: hadn't even gotten to the giant snakes yet.
1: No, oh my gosh, the giant <laughs> snakes It's <laughs> so, so bad.
0: Yeah, the giant snakes, which just give way to the magic gemstone, which just gives way to – and that is the most selective magic gemstone I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, just One minute it's completely obliterating somebody. The next minute it's just – it's putting up little pillars of fire to block an old lady from running down the street. Really? Just get on with it, man. Just can we kill this clan and be done? Uh, It just – the whole thing. I mean – all of it was so disappointing, and it was more disappointing, I think, for me, because have you watched Warrior on uh, Cinemax? It's it's on no, HBO Max. Warrior is this martial arts series mm-hmm. set in, I believe, the 1920s in Chinatown, mm-hmm. and you have all of this cultural tension. You have the Irish. You have, uh, you know, some other people that are settling in and around this city. And you have these these Asian gangsters uh, in the middle of it all trying to, you know, just get a leg up on society that essentially hates them and is incredibly racist. Yeah. And it's, it's sprinkled with almost Boardwalk Empire-style mm. drama, but then these insanely choreographed martial arts scenes yeah. that are just, I mean, literally incredible. Mm-hmm. And they've got, you know, everybody and their brother- that can throw a kick uh pops up in this series i think they're two seasons in hmm. i started it on a whim and it's you know at first i'm like well the fights are good and the drama's okay this series has me so hooked hmm. the main character of that uh is the guy that plays storm shadow he in was G.I. I, Joe. I mean he was pretty good and you can see he's really trying to act yeah just he he is trying to perform uh, it's such a higher level than this movie is running, and i I felt so bad for him because am... that series is so good he's yeah. so good in it, and he's such an accomplished martial artist and to see him like here's here's his Hollywood hit, you know here's your hundred million dollar movie uh show us what you got, kid, and to be saddled with this script and these effects and yeah. this direction and
1: oh. I don't think anybody was particularly bad in it. Like, no, like there's no, no moment where I'm like, that guy is a subpar actor or anyone. But it was just a complete package of a thing where it just didn't work for me.
0: <laughs> this is one of those movies that feel like the, the cinematic version of two kids on the playground playing with action figures. It almost felt like they were running off set, deciding what was going to happen next, running back on set, filming it. Then going and deciding the next scene, but it, it just never went that. crazy
1: enough with it though. No, like to feel no. that way. It it just it it, it both felt uh, overly
0: planned and underplanned somehow and at the same time. It felt really
1: like kind of claustrophobic and contained mm-hmm. because it just takes place at the base of this um this gang, so it never expands out into the no. world. So you never really feel the scope of the reach of this gang. It just and this is an 80 to 100 million dollar
0: picture yeah. and if you're going to go small mm-hmm. it seems like you would be able to do a lot more it, it felt like they tried to go bigger than what they had yeah and so instead of going small and intimate raid style right or having more of a budget and going bigger and expansive they tried to do both mm-hmm. and they're bringing in the mythological and the present day kind of you know what's happening with world organizations that are clashing and it just, I I felt like this movie didn't have a hook. It had several, and it just kept trying to get me. And I I really I hated it. My kid walked out on it. 16, <laughs> 16 year old boy walked out of this twenty minutes in. He's like, this is terrible. Like I, I know, but I'm going to finish it. Did get to it.
1: the giant snakes? No. Oh, he
0: he would love he, the giant he snakes. He wandered back in at different times, and and literally would just shake his head and walk back out. <laughs> Just from whatever was on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, – go watch Warrior. Warrior, mm-hmm. I can't believe I haven't talked about it yet. That's way better. Yeah. And uh, it's on it's on HBO Max uh, and, and Amazon. And oh, it's just – it's so, so much better than this.
1: Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah.
0: So do you have anything else to say about Snake Eyes? No.
1: I didn't want to watch this movie to f- well, begin with, and you made me. I didn't
0: make you. I resent you. I didn't make you. I paid I paid $20 for this I thing. still resent you. I don't know why. I just thought, well, it'll be fun to talk about. Stupid. Anyway, our third film is the aptly titled Pig, and that is from director Michael Sarnowski or Cernoski. And it's just about this, this hermit that lives alone in the Oregon wilderness. He's a truffle hunter and one day his pig gets kidnapped. And what you think is going to now be a John Wick film, okay, he's going to go get his pig but he's going to kill everybody that took his pig or had anything to do with this, is actually a very different
1: film. Um, Clint, what did you think of Pig? I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie. Yeah. I really, I was so happy it didn't go the John Wick way. Me too. There was a moment in it where I thought, okay, this is where it's going there. The the fight club fight. thing. Yeah. and And almost lost me, but then where it goes, I'm so happy with where yep. it went. And honestly, I think this is Nick Cage's best performance in so long.
0: I would probably – I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but I would I would definitely agree with that.
1: I, I've been so worn out by that waiting for him to go crazy performance that he does in every single movie lately. Like that's why he's hired. But like this actually paints – how good of an actor he can be and how subtle he can be when the right director gets a hold of him. And I don't know if that was all of the director like they pulled him back from the brink of madness like he mm-hmm. usually goes, but I was really surprised by I mean, I thought the cinematography was great for it. It was it had such a like very subtle softness to the mm-hmm. whole thing and it's much more of a character piece and like a performance piece and um just about like loss and how you deal with it and how it transforms your life and what mm-hmm. you do with that moment in your life. Um, I thought it was great. So, yeah, what did you think of yeah. it?
0: I was constantly on guard. Yeah. I, I, Even up through to the end, when he's going for kind of the quote-unquote final showdown, I'm going to get my pig back. Uh, okay, here's where it gets violent. and And I was so disappointed because it was such a rich character study. And the more you find out about him – the more unexpected it gets, mm-hmm. especially you find out what he used to be, and I, I don't want to talk about it. It just it doesn't matter. But it's it's just these nice little surprises mm-hmm. where you start to understand it. At first, he has this this reputation, and everybody's like, "Oh, when they hear his name, oh, it's him." And again, I'm thinking John Wick. No, not at all. And it it just it was such a an interesting way to kind of unfold who this is and why he's been a hermit and, and what his name actually means and why he's so known and what that has to do with the story at all. And, uh, it, it just, it, it continually surprised me.
1: Yeah. It's like every expectation it does kind of the opposite. And even up
0: to and including that, like I said, that line is I'm going to go get my pig at the very end. It's kind of the final showdown. Not at all. No, what no. any other movie would have done in that moment, and just so much quieter and and more introspective.
1: Well, I mean, it's completely like up to that point, you when what you learn about the character, that would be so against type. Yeah. To then go into he goes on this violent spree trying yeah. to get his payback. No, it's like that's not how he operates yeah. in any way, and that's not who he is. And even like the Fight Club moment in it. Where it, and it it paints such a vivid picture of, and I can kind of almost believe it. This world within the restaurant community, where like they yeah. do this thing to blow off steam, yeah, and how he he handles that situation really shows. Uh, who he is and like that's the first real moment of like he's kind of a pacifist and he's just doing this to get himself back into this community Mm on the good graces so he can go on this mission of sorts to get his pig and um i really love the friendship that he forms with the guy who um the the son yeah by alex wolf um amir who he's kind of he he buys the um, the truffles from mm-hmm. Nick Cage's character and sells them, so he's kind of his in between, and he, he, the friendship that he forms with him, and how they realize they have more in common mm-hmm. than they knew, and uh, it's such a lovely moment to it.
0: Yeah, I I really had this pegged scene by scene as this carbon copy John Wick, but with a pig instead of a dog, and it's it's not at all. Even like even the how kid. long
1: did you feel that way like throughout it. I, I, it, it didn't it was, take me very long okay. but I kept that's
0: that's why the whole viewing I was guarded I kept waiting for it to do it because that was just what was expected mm. and and I kept seeing every avenue that it could travel down to make it that thing mm. and they always turned away from it and and I I got more comfortable as I went because I started to, to think oh they're not they're not going to do this at all they're doing something very different
1: yeah because that expectation for me was out the window really quickly okay. so i didn't have that i just i was
0: constantly waiting yeah. for it um but but not not in a bad way yeah. it only enhanced the the kind of subversion and and how it just kept running against type and 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 bucking against the genre and i just especially especially post john wick and post nobody It really worked. I think it would have been a very good film before those films, but I think the way that it plays with expectation and the way that it plays with those now tropes and goes against those tropes works to its benefit and makes it a better film than it would have been in a vacuum uh, where you're just getting this picture of of kind of a loner trying to come to terms with his life and his past and and kind of the only – friend he's got in the world mm-hmm. um is a, it's a very sad film it's a very uh emotional film
1: oh yeah i mean like the moments where there are people like the guy who ends up taking the pig he's like why don't just get a new pig yeah and he's like i love th- i love this pig i love this pig like yeah. it's not a pig it's yeah. like it's my friend it's the only yeah. thing i have in the world
0: yeah and so, and that even hearing you say that that should be a cheesy moment it's not at no, all no. it's it's a very genuine here is this this hermit and and this thing means more to him than just you know an animal that that finds truffles
1: yeah i mean it i mean played really hard for me too because like we um our our dog, we had to put her down a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I completely bought into that emotion yeah. of like, I know that feeling. Yeah. And that is so much harder than you think it's going to be. Yep. And um, so it really was I totally bought it. It was really powerful.
0: The, the the killer scene for me in this movie, the the moment where it it had me before this scene, but this was where I was like, this movie is is something else entirely mm-hmm. was when he goes to a restaurant and he orders a course mm-hmm. and he asks for the the, the chef to yeah. come out mm-hmm. the conversation that they have oh, yeah. and the performance is not just from Nicholas Cage oh
1: from him too but from yeah. the guy playing his the face. chef
0: his face and the way he played what's behind his eyes being completely different yeah. than the face and the presentation he's trying to put on that scene took that scene in Fight Club where he has the license and he tells the guy, you're going to go to veterinary school or uh-huh. I'm going to come and kill you. Yeah. It took that scene and made it just profound. I teared up at that scene. That yeah. was just such a – here is this, this seasoned veteran uh, essentially re-inspiring and reminding somebody that's, that's sold out what they once wanted mm-hmm. and who they once were and just that moment was so powerful to me and and from that moment on yeah that movie was in my top 10 of the year mm-hmm. it was just this is this is a whole other level
1: i think that's the moment it really won me over too because that was shortly after like the fight club yep. scene so at that point i was not quite sure the direction it was going yeah. um uh, and that really sold me on like oh this is this is what this movie is yep.
0: And that's I thought fork in the hand, oh he's going to stab him, oh he's going to hit him, oh he's going to, you know, that was that was the last of my big. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where this movie is going. And then that scene completely flipped it and he has one of those moments again. Uh, you know, at at the end where he just he speaks so quietly, but he he really cuts through to the heart of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and and he really comes across as this character that that wasn't just Great at what he used to do, but he he really has insight mm-hmm. into people. I just – I love this movie. Yeah. I will 100% be watching this probably several times again this year.
1: No, oh. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. Yeah. It was really good.
0: Mm-hmm. So highly recommend that one. Our final film is our Cinetron pick from last week, which is Atlantics. Um, And Atlantics is a, a foreign film. Where was it? Is this – It's in Senegal. Okay. From yeah. Senegal. Uh, and it's essentially um I'm trying to pull a the pot. There it is. A soon-to-be inaugurated futuristic tower looms over a suburb of Dakar. Ada, who's 17, is in love with uh, – how do you say his name? I, I Yeah, Suleymane, Solomon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a young construction worker, but she's been promised to another man. Uh, and then things not anticipated begin to happen – uh, this has a a slightly futuristic uh, kind of feel to it it's also got a supernatural element to it uh that in in some ways um kind of hearkened to for me us and his house and mm, some yeah. other things Clint what did you think of Atlantics?
1: I had the same thought about his house it like I feel like it could be almost a good partner movie like mm-hmm. if you had a double feature um I I started this film and I I wasn't sure how I was feeling about it. Like it, it was just, it's very light on character in a way where it's it's in that way of a foreign film where it isn't giving you everything. It isn't handing you everything. In that way, it kind of reminds me like a film from the seventies or something like that, where it's, it's just like, they're not hand feeding you everything you need to know. It's more a kind of observational thing where Mm -hmm. you're just a part of it. You're in the middle of it and you don't, you're not given everything. And, um, so like, you're, you're not sure of all the characters at all. You're, um, you mean there's a lot layered in there about like, like the social situations and like, um, just a lot about like religion and migration. And so there's a lot of things layered in there, but in a way where it's not telling you about it, it's just a part of these people's life. And then that's something I really enjoy about a foreign film, like sometimes where it's just like, you're, it's very far removed from the Hollywood mold where you are, there's exposition giving you everything you need to know. and this, you need to work a little harder. I think there's things about it that didn't totally work for me. Like some, like I've, at moments where I think I would have enjoyed a little bit more character, but I don't think that was the point of it. I think it was really just pointing, like painting a picture of these characters in this situation, in this um, place, and uh, I think it did a really good job of interweaving the subtle, um, subtle supernatural element mm-hmm. and. Uh, I really enjoyed the the cinematography of it. I, it really – there's this softness to it and there's this airiness that really, really makes you feel this coastal town living in, in the lives they live. Um, overall, I really I, – I did enjoy it. So yeah, what did you think of it?
0: So this movie <laughs> made me want to start a, a sister podcast and I'm jumping between names either Cinevalium or Cinnolithium. <laughs> This movie, Clint, I appreciate everything you just said. <laughs> I don't disagree okay. with anything you just said. I would like to offer six words, though. Not enough giant stone space gods. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is not. This is our
1: dividing line. I this, is, this is what
0: I, I, I just, I, I wanted to enjoy this movie. I I think this is where you and I always part ways. It's it's I can I can get into these indie movies if they have enough of a genre hook that that pulls me along narratively. And when they sort of meander along and leave me just kind of figuring out the world and I'm not finding that world particularly interesting, mm. it just it it doesn't literally put me to sleep, but just it disengages my brain. It's a beautiful film. It it looks good. the The performances are very naturalistic. It it has that kind of uh, almost documentary style. Well, yeah, they're or, they're of, untrained, but They're filmmaking. just kind of
1: found actors. They yeah. And and it has
0: that feeling, but not in a negative sense. Uh, they 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 don't. It's very naturalistic. Yes. Um, this reminded me in a lot of ways of a Gus Van Sant, mm. Gus Van, Gus Van, Van Sant, uh, film. And I I was never particularly a fan of his work Mm. for the same reasons. Uh, Again, I I agree with you. I I see everything you're saying. But this movie was a a complete chore for me. Mm. And it was one I stopped about a half an hour in because I thought I'm just not in the right mode for this. I'll, I'll come back to it. And I came back to it and watched the whole thing and just maybe it was the rough week. And maybe it's just one of those weeks where I I demand answers from the universe. <laughs> and the universe didn't give me answers. So a movie that doesn't give me answers uh, frustrated me. Uh, and there was just little nitpicky things. I was so tired of those green lights. I was so uh, – just the little green laser pointer lights. It wasn't uh, it just, in there very much. It was in there enough, Clint. It was
1: just the club scene. Uh, then at the end – Just uh, the back of the club. Uh, just <laughs> It wasn't in there very much. <laughs> Just,
0: I I did not hate this film, yeah. But I did not like it, and I just I couldn't find something that 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 made me want to know more about this world or these
1: people. But you can't you go in and view it from somebody who's not part of like the Hollywood system of making. Like, there's different ways to make a movie.
0: Oh yeah, and that's why I, I think this is this is purely down to preference. I yeah. can watch a movie like this and recognize this is an extremely well-made film. Yeah. And if somebody, like you just sat here and, and kind of, you know, dumped some praise on it, and at no point did I feel like arguing with any of it <laughs> because I'm I'm hyper-aware of the fact that this just isn't my, it was just out yeah. of the outside of, of what I enjoy.
1: I don't think it was an easy film to watch in those ways. And I, I think in those moments, I kind of have to get myself out of that headspace of expecting mm-hmm. a certain thing from a movie. And then I can start enjoying it and taking it in as, oh, this is working against that type. Yeah. This I need to start looking at this in a different way.
0: And I, I think I really hit my stride with that in my 30s. Yeah. There's something about getting into my 40s. I've almost started to long for the comfort food mm. of, of some of these nostalgic things. That's why – I guess it's why no red flags went up about G.I. Joe. <laughs> because it just, I remember the cartoon. I love the cartoon. I know this is going to be a bad movie, but I'll have fun with it. And I didn't, but but it was that I I long for. And I, I think that's part of the difference with the comic book movies. I love that feeling that those movies give me of coming home from the comic book store.
1: And I think that's the complete, like how I mentioned about the whole new phase of this Marvel thing, yeah. where I feel worn down by the idea of this continuation. I feel the complete opposite thing where it's just like i want i want some movement in some other direction yeah
0: and i i think part of it is it's interesting when when levi was younger and he was just eating up movies that i knew were terrible but he was enjoying them uh you know i i i had this longing for more serious film yeah and now all of a sudden it's flipped he's Mm -hmm. got much better taste and he'll walk out on a G.I. Joe. And it just makes me kind of long for for the simpler, uh, just, you know, very base, satisfying level movies. Hmm. Uh, and it's not that I think they're better. It just, it, you know, same reason that for the last year, I had been on a horror movie kick because there's just something about them, good, bad, or or indifferent, that that just Filled this this little need that I had at the time because life was too stressful. So why would I want to work extra hard at a movie? I'm, I mean, you know. But then something like Pig gets me, Thou gets me. <laughs> so I I don't know. I don't understand yeah. me anymore, Clint. I don't understand either. I'm a stranger I mean, in my own head, mm-hmm. and it just I think I think I'm I'm on the verge of either uh, like a becoming or just a complete. Mental breakdown.
1: <laughs> Where it's just snake eyes 24 hours a day?
0: I don't think that'll ever happen. You don't think? I think it would be more Navy SEALs. I think <laughs> I would just run that on loop and uh-huh. laugh every time that man pops up out of the water and tosses a grenade on that boat. I remember laughing as a kid and I still laugh at that scene. It's mm-hmm. not funny. It's awful. It's violent. But Is this what I have to look forward to when I get into my 40s? I think so. Hmm. I,
1: I'm curious what happens. Maybe you'll be to a you. good example for me. Of Maybe not I, to go that. way. I bad. don't know,
0: but I've I've never been as into uh, art house cinema as you. Yeah. Uh, it it's I can go in there and find things that I really like, but I'm particular is the wrong word. I'm just I'm much more selective about what works for me. Mm. I think you really enjoy the experience. And when something is doing something different, yeah, yeah. I think that engages you intellectually. And I'm slightly to the to the left of that where I want it to do something different with something I'm familiar with. Mm. And that's what engages me. You want entirely new. I want a new world. You want just- yeah. Show like, me a new world. Show I... me something, not even new world, because that's Eternals. Show me something- <laughs> that I haven't but th- seen.
1: But that, I mean, Eternals, I've, I feel like I've seen that in a whole bunch of different versions. Right, of- but we already
0: <laughs> established that you're wrong. But it's, it's. <laughs> I I want to see new versions of what I'm familiar with. Yeah. And I think you just want... I want the unfamiliar. You want the unfamiliar. Yeah. And the unfamiliar is, is scary to me because hmm. it sounds a lot like COVID. So <laughs> uh, Atlantics, uh, if if Clint is is your speed... Uh, check I out I mean Atlantics. I would recommend it to most
1: people it's it's a very
0: highly reviewed yeah. film. It's highly regarded it's really people well done it. Uh, it, it is very well done. Everything I have to say about it is positive yet at the end of the day uh, just didn't do it for me. Hmm, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, better than when. you love
1: Snake Eyes? And I like
0: that yeah, one. It's better cool. than when Sinetron saddles us with something awful. Speaking of, you know, we we have been neglecting. I think Sinetron.
1: We're gonna need to talk to him. We, soon. we
0: we do, and I'm a little worried about that because I I don't know how time passes in the mind of an AI, but it's it's been a hot minute since we yeah. talked to him. I think we've we've kind of. Uh, forgotten Sinatron in, in light of everything that's been happening. And so um,
1: we're going to have a conversation with
0: that. We're going to have a conversation. Do you, do you want to spin first and then converse or boot him up and converse? And
1: maybe we'll put off talking to him for the next time. Okay. Let's, let's spend a little scared to do it this week. I'm a
0: little nervous. Yeah. A little nervous. And I, I feel the spin would be affected by, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do AIs get angry? At their creators, hmm. just keep in mind you created Sinatron, so if it turns on us,
1: but he might have great love for me, and this feels jealous of you. I—I I don't
0: think so. I yeah. think he's going to murder bot you and wife me. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's going to pr- try
1: to protect me and keep me to his own. Why'd you change it to protect? Like yeah. he's he, going to. You were gonna, in, like on the verge of madness. I don't know <laughs> what. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, let's let's spin Sinatron and see what comes up.
1: have you seen this one? Which one? Lapsis. Lapsis? Yeah. L-A-P-S-I-S? L-A-P-S-I-S.
0: I know a little bit about this. I have not watched it. I saw the trailer. This is from a, a director named Noah Hutton, I believe. Noah Hutton. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know a lot about him. Like just, a
1: little indie sci-fi kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks pretty interesting. It looks It looks
0: weird and yeah. kind of quirky. Might be up our alley. Sure. I'm all about it. Hmm. We'll continue our discussion of... What makes you happy?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me? Yeah, yeah. Just less and less I find each week makes you happy, Clint.
1: What do you mean? Maybe by
0: that? I'm not the one that needs therapeutic <laughs> intervention. Maybe it's I wasn't you. satisfied
1: with Maybe Snake Eyes. It's
0: you that that is the I, the I enjoyed all
1: these movies have Snake Eyes. <laughs>
0: okay, I I enjoy Snake Eyes, so I don't have a leg to stand on here. But all right, well, this has been episode thirty-five of Cinebabble. You can find us at www.cinebabblecast.com. You can contact us on there. You can also find us on Clint's favorite app, Instagram. I'm nothing against and, Instagram. Uh, I'm I'm pretty active on Instagram. Uh, I don't say much, but lots of uh, lots of movie art and just fun reminiscing about movies that are good, whether Clint likes them or not. And uh, it's just you know it's a it's, it's a good time. Lots of lots of good movie artwork. That seems to be what I what I started to to do with it, because hmm. uh, there's only you know so many episodes of Cinebabble I can throw up an ad for. So
1: it works out. Well, that's good. I'm glad right. you're making friends. I uh,
0: yeah, and yeah, influencing people. Making making listeners. Are you, does it translate? Uh, it does. Okay. Uh, in part, yes. In part, not everyone who likes us on Instagram comes here and listens. But that's I, what I want. I've got a, a scheme. I've, Everybody I've, a scheme on Instagram, please
1: come listen to the yes. podcast. It's a, it, at this least is one.
0: backwards. This would be at the end of one of our longest podcasts, I believe, is not the time to invite eh, Instagram listeners to us. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've got plans to, to convert a few more of those followers to listeners.
1: Also, this, I, I, I feel really gross saying this but okay. if you do enjoy the podcast please like the podcast and write review a good the review podcast. A good, yeah. Yeah, good five reviews stars. are great
0: if you don't like the podcast don't waste your time yeah, writing don't, a review just, just yeah go
1: somewhere else yeah go, go listen to a podcast you like and, yeah. and like something yeah
0: go go enjoy something yeah. don't sit around and hate something no that's uh, such
1: awful energy that you're putting yeah. out there into yeah. the universe
0: but yeah if, if you like us uh apple reviews especially help uh, because they they pop us up higher in lists and search engines
1: and all that fun. Um, But yeah. Uh, you like us, I'll, I'll like you back in my mind.
0: Just There you go. In
1: my heart. There you go. There
0: you go. I guess. That's
1: I don't all, know. There's yeah. some
0: weird people on Instagram. Not the people listening right now. They're all Those great. are the great people on yeah. Instagram. We love you. There are some weird people on Instagram. I um,
1: Like man... Explain man, man, whatever the guy meant for men. Men for men, yeah. uh, I, us. I did
0: explore a little further. It is indeed a, men's, a men's rights group. Oh,
1: man. Not only is
0: it a men's rights group, guess what the race of this men's white rights group is? I mean, white? You're correct. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is one of those. We don't hate people. We're not racist, but are totally racist. Yeah. Men's rights groups Uh that, you know, they. Turn the corner on sexism, so they might as well turn the corner on racism too.
1: Right, um, just do
0: it all at once. Yeah, uh, I did do a little exploring, and these guys are are fairly villainous as hmm. society goes. So you can rest assured that that one bad review is is essentially coming from the modern American equivalent of the neo Nazis.
1: Oh, this that's great company to keep. Yeah. Uh,
0: great company. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't need them at my door, so I'm not going to insult them. But you know. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Awkward pause. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, CineBabbleCast.com. This has been CineBabble episode 35. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, Bring your friends to Instagram. Bring your friends to the podcast. Podcast mainly. Having a good time here. (laughs) Good night. Bye, Ken.